Hello and welcome to My Camino, the podcast, a weekly discussion about the Camino de Santiago. I'm Dan Mullins. The Camino is a series of ancient pilgrimages across Europe, culminating at the remains of Christ's Apostle St. James in the cathedral at the Spanish city of Santiago de Compostela. Those who walk the Camino are pilgrims, and more often than not, they consider themselves pilgrims in life and on the trail. There's something about the long-distance walk. The American writer and poet Gary Snyder said, Walking is the great adventure, the first meditation, a practice of heartiness and soul primary to humankind. Walking is the exact balance between spirit and humility. Well, my guest this week is a British pilgrim. Jane Farmer walked the Camino in 2017, and one of my other listeners emailed me about her. My correspondent said, Hi Dan, I'd like to nominate someone to be a guest on your podcast. I met Jane Farmer on my Camino in October 2017. What an interesting woman. And she has some amazing stories to tell. So, ever keen to learn and to hear Camino stories, Jane Farmer is on the line from the UK. Welcome, Pilgrim. Hello. Good morning to you, or good evening, or yeah, it's wherever good, it is. It's good evening here, good morning there. <laughs> hey, hey, Jane, tell us about your Camino in 2017. Oh, God, where do you want me to start? <laughs> where did you start? Um, I started in Saint-Jean um, with the view to just going to Santiago on what I expected to be just a long walk. <laughs> And so, so did it turn out to be much more than that then? Um, yeah, it did actually. Um, it was, uh, I think I, I, I did it for a number of reasons. Um, but more, more than anything, I suppose, really, I thought, having read about it, that maybe it will provide some sort of answers for me, you know. It was kind of half spiritual, but... In the end, I thought, what can this possibly do? It's just a long walk. You're either fit enough to do it or you're not. So that was it. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember where you first heard about it? About the Camino? Yeah, I met... I met um, I've been backpacking around the world for about four or five years. I retired uh, seven years ago. And... I've been doing that on the cheap, and I met this woman in Africa, um, and she was of a similar age, and she had done about six. And, you know, we talked a lot about it, and every year she would come back from her wanderings and do another Camino, and I thought, it's very, very strange. It's just, you know. So I looked into it, and that was what set me off. I read on your Facebook page, The Time Traveller, you wrote this, it has been nearly three weeks since I completed my Camino. It was both a hard physical journey and also a wonderful inner journey of self-discovery. I am at present taking a couple of months out of traveling to reflect on it all. How how have you made sense of it now? Because it's been quite a while now. How do you make sense of it all now? Yeah, it has. It's been, I think I finished, was it end of November or early December, something like that. Um... How do I make sense of it? It's what does it mean to you? My view, yeah, my views on it haven't really changed. Um, 
on the Camino, everything changed. Um, it was so much more than I ever could have imagined. I mean, I'd got to the point in my kind of wanderings that, you know, I would wake up and at the end of a, a, a couple of months somewhere in Asia or somewhere and think, oh, where next? You know, more amazing views, more different cultures. And I, I was getting a bit bored and I thought, oh, let's give this walk a go. It's, it might be, um, you know, uh, something interesting, but I'll, I'll give it a run. I've got, you know, it's something different. But it totally, totally, it changed me. It changed so many things. And my views since then have um, are still solid on that. I, I learned so much. I mean, I thought I'd kind of seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd no, no. I thought I knew everything about myself. You know, from struggles because I I travel cheaply. You know, I I, I don't have any money. <laughs> And I thought I'd learned everything living quite rough in the world. But, you know, I just learned so much more about myself than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> so would you consider yourself a spiritual person, Jay? Um, I used to be a practicing Christian, but due to various things that I didn't agree with, I mean, I guess I was always on the fence. Yeah. I fell right off the fence and I wasn't, I, I, I was not a religious person at all. I've always been kind of spiritual, but not particularly religious. You know, you were born, as you say on your website, about 200 yards from the Bower Bells in London, a Cockney yes. kind of Celtic and Norman mix from the cheap side to the Camino, I've, I've written here. <laughs> so you're now traveling as much as you can. What do you think then it is about your spirit? that feels a need to travel? Um, oh, yeah, that's that. What, what, what is about my spirit that needs to travel? I don't know. I feel I'm searching for something. I'm search, searching for something more. Um, I mean, since I started about four or five years ago, I feel I'm just looking for something. I don't know what it is, whether it's, you know, whether it's love, whether it's God, whether it's, I don't know. And I thought, well, while I'm fit enough, maybe there'll be answers. And, and that was it, really. I kind of set off looking for answers and maybe a miracle or two. I think I wrote that on my on my yeah. blog. Yeah. Can I, Are you any closer to finding what you're looking for? Well, at the end, I didn't really get specific answers but then it didn't really ask specific questions you know yeah. and did I get miracle a miracle well I didn't I got many miracles on the way I mean it's a miracle I got to the end to be fair <laughs> I mean <laughs> there was me thinking oh come on Jane you can cut a rucksack around the world this is just going to be a long walk and it was anything but a long walk and some of the people I met on the way were miracles. They were miracles. And interventions from some people, plus a lot of determination and powering on, 
and overcoming severe obstacles got me to the end. And you, you, that makes you, that changes you in itself. I'm going to ask you in a couple of minutes to tell us a story about the Camino. Tell us one of those stories. But just while you mm -hmm. think of something to tell us, you spent two years dedicated to chess in various competitions. Oh, yeah, yeah. You spent three years acting in a small amateur dramatic society, two years as a uh -huh. singer and guitarist in a yeah. band, two years studying yeah. astronomy, three years yeah. rally driving. <laughs> Jane Farmer, yeah. now listen, is it safe to say there's a restlessness in your spirit? Yes. Okay. No one's asked me that before, but yes, definitely. There must be. There uh, must be, yeah. There must be a restlessness. So, so, you, you mentioned that you didn't necessarily have any questions or were seeking any miracles on the Camino de Santiago, but you definitely found some answers and you definitely came across some miracles on the Camino de Santiago. Yes. So tell us a story. Definitely. Tell us one of the stories of the Camino de Santiago 2017. Right, okay. Um, right, okay. First the story then. Um, I suppose it was very early on. I mean, I had set off, yeah, the first one of all, the first obstacle. Um, I'd set off from Saint-Jean and I thought, you know, I was fairly well kitted out, I thought. Um I wasn't used to actually walking, um, although I, I'm used to carrying a backpack in, you know, lots of places. So I set off from Saint-Jean and I'm walking up the hill out of there and, poor oh dear, this is a bit hard. It's all uphill. You know, I'd, I'd read about it. I knew kind of what to expect, but of course the experience is different. Um, and I got as far as I think the first real hostel, it's called Hunter. And I thought, oh, gee, I'm puffed out here. It was a roasting day. I thought, well, I'm, I have no rush. I've got all the time in the world. So I'll just stay here the night. And um, I woke up the following morning, and it was really bad storms and rain and everything. And I thought, oh, God, I can't do this. Um, I'll wait. I'll wait another day. There was nothing to do there. It was... But I, I stayed another day, and then the weather apparently it was going to get worse. And I woke up the next morning at about six and it was still bad, if not worse. And I thought, what do I do? Oh, well, I'm, I'm not, a go I don't go back. I'm not staying here. So I went for it. And I remember passing, what was that hostel? Orison? I yeah. remember passing that at about, I don't know, seven, seven thirty or something. And a lot of people were going back and it was, it was just, I thought, well, I'm, I'm not doing this. Or they were getting transport, that's it. But I thought, no, 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 I'm going to go for this. So I carried on. Wow. And I got across, I got up to the top, and I'm fighting against this storm all the way along the top. And it was just killing me. And I, I just wasn't physically prepared for this. I remember stopping at that little hut for a, for a short while, but it was just teeming at the seams by people who couldn't go on. And I thought, well, I'm, I, I'm just going to push. And I pushed and pushed, and I got to the end of that flat section along the top and and then started down through the forest. 
Um, and I never made it. I got to within, I think it was about a kilometer from the bottom and just collapsed. I was gone. Um, fortunately, a couple of young Irish people, a, a boy and a girl, they came along sometime later and dragged me to the side. And I remember it. And they, they were amazing. And they were my first miracle. And they got out emergency services. I was at this all-terrain vehicle came up with, I think, two bombardieros. They eventually carted me off to a medical centre in a village. Um, the medical centre sent me to a hospital in Pamplona. After two days there, they said they could find nothing wrong. My life force had just gone. I think the language barrier prevented any further. So I, let, I got up in the morning after the hospital and I checked in for a couple of days into a hostel. I had to buy some underwear because they had cut it off with scissors, uh, which was a funny, a funny story in itself. If you want, you know, I mean, you don't know about women and bras, but you can't just go to an ordinary shop and just pick up one and that'll do. But anyway, I then thought, right, now, where was I? Because I'm one of these people who, if I want to do a, a thing, I want to do it. If I'm walking from saint Jean to Santiago, that is what I'm doing. So I got on a bus at Pamplona, all the way back to Roncesvalles, <laughs> slept. In the morning, everybody gets up and trots on their Camino, and I go back up the mountain to where I collapsed. Stood there for 30 seconds, made my peace, turned round and carried on. So that's kind of like the first story. I was not going to miss a single foot on this damn Camino. <laughs> and did you walk all the way... To Santiago. Oh, yeah, every step. Every step. Yeah, okay, every... well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Now, we, we don't judge people who can't because there are plenty of people who, for whatever reason, don't make it all and have to get buses between little sections and whatever. But I admire greatly uh, your effort to make sure that you, you did walk every step of it. You know, Jane, there are three quotes on your website, The Time Traveller, right? And I want uh -huh. to elaborate on them because you've just told us that story and it that kind of gives us a little insight into the sort of person you are. But I think these three quotes that I just loved, I loved it so much I wrote it out in the interview because I want, to <laughs> I want you to elaborate on them for me, right? Okay, the first one is, procrastination is the mother of all saviours. What do you mean by that? <laughs> right, okay. Sometimes I will write these... And they are, they are meant purely in joke. There are some, some quotes that have real meaning and some are meant completely the opposite. Yeah, because that's... <laughs> so, for instance... Yeah, yeah well, the second sorry. one... No, I was just going to say the second one is perfect then because you say in the second one, in the end, you have to be yourself because nobody else is crazy enough to be. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. In my case, over the years, I've had so many scary experiences from being held up at a terrorist roadblock in on the border with Sudan to all sorts of other things. Um, I suppose I am crazy in many ways, um, but you have to be yourself. 
and I can't imagine anybody. Well, I'm sure there are, but I yeah. don't know anybody else. But you're crazy not, enough. Yeah, but you're not. You're clearly then go back to the first quote. You're clearly not a procrastinator, are you? No, no, definitely not. Usually, that would be a case of procrastinating out of laziness. It wasn't. It that would have. Definitely been one of my joke comments. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, there's a third one there, and I love it. You say, everything you do in life is a reflection of you, especially your lipstick choice. Ah, this is a... <laughs> yeah, that, again, is is a joke. It's totally a joke. It's my... I mean, I like to think a lot of my writing, certainly over the last year or two, is considered, is is fairly deeply considered um, before going to paper or, or or screen or whatever. Yeah. But humour plays a massive part in my life, and that is pure humour. You know, it's it's you know, it's the very last thing. I never ever carry lipstick anywhere. <laughs> so. It's it's a joke on the on the female view, you know. It's a joke on the on the female perspective. Yet, when I hear you talk, uh, and the way you talk about those three quotes, it's becoming more obvious to me why you went back to that spot to ground zero, reflected for thirty seconds, and then con continued on your Camino. You're a very determined uh -huh. person, aren't you? Oh yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So so did you um, Yeah, go on. Sometimes that can cloud you. It can cloud your your perspective of things. I'd become and this is going back to something else that that that, that you read about my on my blog. It I didn't know how bad I was. In, in certain aspects of my personality, I really didn't know. In the uh, and I need to expand on that. Yeah. In the early, in the early weeks, the early part of the Camino, I became incredibly judgmental. Um, I or, or didn't become. Maybe I always have been. I don't know. I've always been very sociable, very nice. But maybe I thought. Or maybe I kind of was on this pedestal. I don't know. And I became judgmental severely. You know, um, all these, and I'll, I'm throwing words here, all these kind of fakes around me, all these tourists, all these, you know, you must have heard this. And and I'm a real walker here, you know, and, and these people are, are doing my heading, you know, and they're all getting buses here and there and, Oh, I'm not walking this. I'm not doing that. Oh, that's a bit hard. And and I was, I was judging everybody on all manner of ways. And it got to the point in one village, I think it was on the Maseta, and I was running out of water. I'd run out of water. And I got to this village with one cafe, and this busload of tourists were in the queue at this cafe demanding all sorts of rubbish all i wanted was some buy some water and they were on about i need sweet and low in my in my drink i need this i need that and and i was dying of you know thirst and i just lost it 
and I shouted at them and I I went and I put my money on the table, stormed off and carried on walking and just broke down in tears. Some hours later, the actual toxicity of, of my own thinking had got to me and it just boiled over and I had to deal with that. It's kind of making me emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was actually dealing with my own issues and finding solutions and answers that was my real challenge. Apart from the various physical things, and there, were, there, were, there was a couple more to come where I was laid up with tendon damage for four days, but it was overcoming this, this whole bad stuff that was in me and actually reconciling it. And by the two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through, by looking at, by taking the whole thing, like looking at it like a spectrum, hang on, I'm not genuine any more than anybody else. Nobody is a genuine walker. Some people aren't even staying in cheap albergues. Some people aren't using two walking poles. They've got a stick. And everybody is walking, whether they're staying in a hotel and getting butt. Everybody is doing their Camino on this, on this spectrum. And I thought, well, once I, I slowly got this into my head, and I thought, everybody is doing their own Camino. And it's exactly what they told me at the start that didn't get through. And towards the end, that whole judgment thing lifted and it was a weight that was gone. And it was, it was like the toxicity. I don't know if you've ever watched the film, The Green Mile. Yes. It's yes. where a man takes bad stuff from people, lifts his head in the air and all the bad stuff drifts out. And it was like that whole thing left me. And it was such a high. It was unbelievable to finish the last quarter feeling so free of that rubbish that was in me. Have you been able to maintain that now, subsequently? You finished, I think, in October last year. Have you still, uh, do you still feel the it same was the end way? Of um, oh, yeah, that, that feeling can't change you. That feeling can't change you. Now, in whatever I'm doing, I'm not judging people by one thing or another. You know, wherever I, I meet them, that's your thing. That's whatever you're doing. I may disagree with it, or I may think they should do better or less or whatever, I'll make, you know, a view and decisions, but it's 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 the judgment, you know, it's it's just it's gone really, um, and it's I I now look on that kind of walk as an opportunity for people to discover not only things about themselves but things that will benefit them if. They are open to allow it to happen. Yeah, but having said that, 
yours really surprised you, didn't it? You didn't necessarily open yourself to it. It kind of just bubbled to the surface. It did. It did. I didn't. I thought I was always open, but, you know, everything is relative. Yeah. And clearly, there was obviously stuff in me that I needed to deal with. And it never, it had never caused me a problem in my life. I didn't think I was, I've never been a nasty person. I've always been very sort of nice and sociable, but that whole thing needed to be unloaded. Um, so I, I, were they the answers? Was that the miracle? Mm. I don't know. Mm. It changed me a lot. It changed me a lot. It you... changed me. Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I was about to say that if they are the questions and that is the miracle, you'd take it, wouldn't you? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There is no way. I mean, that is, that has been such a valuable, a valuable journey. When I got the last, the last 20% of that walk, I was so in the zone I mean, I was, I'd reached sort of physical peak, you know, and I was powering away and with the weight of all the rubbish from the earlier part of the walk lifted from my mind, I was so in the zone, I could have walked across the Atlantic. Mm. But it was still a huge challenge for me, more than I ever thought it would be. Um, and that was a realisation. I thought, as I said earlier, you know, me? I'm used to carting a rucksack, you know, all over. I can do this. That was a real knockdown. It wasn't <laughs> It wasn't just a long walk. And I got to the end and I stood in that square and I looked up at the cathedral and I, I, I released all the effort and the pressure and I just burst into tears again. It was such an emotional moment. And I stood there we're on my poles after three really difficult periods, one of which I've told you, and I just burst into tears. And then I felt, I just felt good. But do you know, a funny thing happened, and, and if you've read my stuff, you'll see it. It's, I'm standing there within a minute there was right in front of me was this small semicircle of Japanese tourists taking photos of me crying away. And it didn't bother me in the slightest. <laughs> I was just in my own world. I thought, click away. as I stood there bawling away in relief. <laughs> That's a great story. That's a great story. You know, a lot of people will be listening to this podcast wonder, wondering if they should walk. Um, they'll also be wondering uh -huh. if they can walk the Camino. Um, did you walk alone, Jane? Did you plan it and arrive alone and walk all alone? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I've always travelled alone. Yeah. Always. Okay. So, yeah. so, so let me ask you, if I may, a couple of questions just about logistics. Did you train much before you went? Not at all. Zero. Right. Mm -hmm. What did you make? Um, what did you make then of the first? Well, we know that you broke down pretty much on day two. Uh, <laughs> but, but but 
how long did it take you to 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 uh to be able to walk comfortably you know for six eight hours a day probably about um probably about half half the distance right okay so for for I about mean, half it, of it, it you it, were struggling not struggling but pushing i had yeah. to push myself yeah but it wasn't a specific point of course the more i walked the better i got yeah yeah you know i suppose i'm saying half yeah um but you know as as it walked on it got got easier yeah what as a, as walking alone what did you make of the albergues first of all the comfort zone how did you rate them and secondly did you feel safe oh um yeah um the comfort yeah no not a problem at all because i'm um i'm quite poor really um i'm used to kind of living in very poor and cheap accommodation in um, around Asia and Africa and all these places. And so the albergues, they're fine for me. I'm quite happy sharing a, a dorm with 80 other people, you know, Yeah. <laughs> on a piece of plastic. It's, yeah. it was no issue to me. You, you, you stay in whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable staying in. Yeah. And I actually like the having, I'm used to having lots of people sleeping around me. So and the albergues, some of them, um, I'm thinking one. Um, I can't remember the first kind of major town. It was, it was um, a municipal one, and I was on the ground floor with about a hundred others, and the toilet was about a hundred meters away outside. You know, that's fine, whatever. And then there's the the church one somewhere, you know, where you stay in, and the nun comes round at night, make sure you're all tucked in. <laughs> I just loved the whole thing, you know. Yeah. I loved the albergues. Did you feel safe? Always, yeah, yeah. always. Yeah. Um, of course, it's relative. Because um, I've been in lots of unsafe situations, um, you know, northern India and all sorts of places. To me, I never felt unsafe at all. Um you know, there are one or two stories knocking round about, oh, you shouldn't walk into this city because so-and-so was attacked. You'll get ad hoc stories like this on all travels, all journeys. You wouldn't go anywhere if you let these dominate you. Yeah. I never felt unsafe at all, to be honest, in in any shape or form. Were you somebody who did a lot of research before you went? Were you, as I call them, a spreadsheet pilgrim? Um, not necessarily a spreadsheet pilgrim. I'd done a fair bit of research. You know, where does this go? Yeah. Where? Did how you book often beds though? Hostels? Pardon? Did you book a bed, or just never did... ever? Right. Okay. So you turned up. Did you never, always ever, get but... a bed? Well, I found out very early the answer to that. I mean, I've never. That was one of my other things added to the toxicity early on all these people sitting in cafes booking booking their beds ahead and i'm thinking i can't i just can't deal with that at all i like to walk until i don't want to walk anymore and then sleep and and i maintain that that's just what i like um early on i realized that because i mean i knew through the research that in the summer 
all the albedos are full very quickly. That's why I did it really right at the end of the season. And even then, if you didn't get in villages an albergue by, say, two or three o'clock, then you were unlikely to get a bed. Um, and I realised that very early on. So I would set out maybe at about six. I'd be the first up, head torch out. And so by two or three, I've got a bed somewhere. I mean, I've I've looked out of too many albergue windows at four and five o'clock and seen loads of um, pilgrims with nowhere to stay. So they're taxied off to towns and cities, you know. So that is the, the popularity is is making it difficult. And I wouldn't want to do it at the height of season, that's for sure. What about a guidebook? Did you carry a guidebook or an app? I did. I took, um, I took uh, what's his name, that English guy, the most common guidebook. Really, the Brearley Guide? The Brearley Guide, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Um, I did look at it sometimes. Um, I didn't use an app, although I do use my phone quite a lot. You know, if I think, you know, that I'm, there's something wrong here, I've missed a post and I've wandered off a few kilometres in the wrong direction. So I'm happy to use the functionality of my phone as and when. It doesn't really dictate me. Um, but the Camino, the one I did, of course, there's tons of them, um, of which many I'll be catching up with. <laughs> um, the Francais is so, if you like, straightforward. You don't really need any help, in my opinion. You know, that, that's just me. You you travel often, and you've told us a couple of times tonight you travel very simply. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a great thing, though, isn't it, about the Camino, that you can live life simply. And it's a re, it's kind of like a reinforcement uh, in the back of our minds that we really don't need all that rubbish that we carry around with us all the time, do we? Living simple no. is a great refresher, isn't it, Jane? Oh, definitely. It definitely is. I mean, how simple you make it is entirely up to you. But I, I've only, over the last two or three years, I've only ever travelled with a rucksack that will fit in, in the overhead. And that's all I travel with now. Yeah. Um, it was after, I used to carry tonnes of stuff. I've got a, you know, a 70 litre if I'm camping. But it went missing a couple of times, you know, on flights, um, on whether you, where you have layovers. And I thought, I, I don't want this. So I travel really light. Um, and traveling simply is, it's so, it frees you of all the worry and apart from physical stress of all the stuff you've got. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, how, so how many, yeah, exactly. So how many liters is the pack that you carry now? Um, in fact, I have it in front of me. Oh, fantastic. This is thir 33 to 40, this. Okay, it's 33 to 40, and that fits in the overhead? Yes, okay. it's the maximum size right. for, a, for an over overhead sizes. Uh, okay, so 33 to 40 is the maximum. Okay, so um, I think people would be very interested in that. Um, let me go to my next question. Uh, what did you make of the Spanish people? That's an interesting question because, I mean, I'll be quite honest with you. You know, I, in the travels I've had, 
I've met lots of different people from around the world, different cultures. I lived and worked in Spain briefly yeah. in my 20s. Selling soap. Um, I was, yeah. That was one of my many... In Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> many things, yeah. You're a scream. Oh, I remember that very well. <laughs> I wasn't door knocking, I have to tell you. <laughs> it was trying to sell it in larger quantities. Right. You know, oh, Manuel, please buy my bar of soap. <laughs> um... Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't particularly impressed, I have to say, in the build-up. You know, I, again, it's this whole judgment thing. I, my continued pushing and travelling, it's one massive learning curve all the time. I never ever stop learning and never ever want to. Um, on this Camino, there I am walking through a village and these old people are coming out, uh, walking along, local people, wishing me one Camino, I think. And they actually mean it. And they must have done it a thousand times. And I was just so taken by how lovely all the people were, all of them, the, the Spanish people on the route. And it was just another education step for me, it, you know, in learning that. So, yeah, they were lovely. Did you get a Compostela when you finished? Yeah, I did. I got the, um, I got the, you know, the, the yeah. completion certificate. Where, where, I stayed in Santiago. Where is it? Where's the certificate? Where is it? Uh Actually, I can see it. It's in a box on the floor at the moment. Right, right. So it's, it's <laughs> close by. And what about the yeah, it is, yeah. what about the credential? Do you keep that close by as well? Your pilgrim's passport. Yeah, they're all all those kind of things are in a, are in a little box. They're just personal mementos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the passport was good. Yeah. There's no, there's no doubt. There's a unique and overwhelming energy on the Camino. How do you explain that to people, Jane? It's actually very difficult to explain it. You know, if you have, when something happens to you, whatever it is, and you're talking to other people who have not had that experience, even if they're good friends, and you explain something, and do you understand? Oh, I, I understand you totally. Um, and they don't really. They hear you. They know what you're saying. But they don't really know. You can't know something unless properly unless you experience it yourself. So when I talk to people about the Camino, I don't... I can tell them things. I can do my very best to, 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 to tell them all the, the good things. And, and, and if it's somebody I think... This would be great for them to do. I'm, I will explain why. And they listen and they believe and they understand, but they it's very hard to make them really know. You actually just have to do it. You have to do it. And then at the end, then we'll talk and you will know. I love that no one cares what you do at home. You're a pilgrim, so you all have to get by with what's on your back. 
and you know that you're going to be okay. And you've kind of, in a sense, adopted that life generally, haven't you, as, as the tra- time traveler, if I can call you that. So, so, so Jane, yeah, yeah. yeah, what do your friends and family make of it all? This, this new Jane Farmer. <laughs> um, well, how, how can I, how can I say what they think? Um, they think I'm a little bit crazy and that's probably fair. Um, oh, I mean, a lot of people, I remember people saying to me, some friends, that they follow me vicariously because for whatever reason they don't do it. Um, they don't do these things. Um, usually they're reasons of, of work and life um and when they're retired you know if the majority of the people want to sit in front of a television that's fine um but they just think i'm a little bit crazy i i i suppose i just whilst i'm healthy enough at this age you know i'm 67 i think well hell i'm just going to do it i'm you know i'm going for it you kind of go through like an adventurous childhood, you know, when you get older. <laughs> so I think they probably think I'm just, I've lost my marbles, really. And do you think that you'll ever get tired of, of travelling? I thought I was. I thought I was until the Camino, and that's changed stuff. And now I don't look at thinking, mm, what shall I do next year? Shall I do a few months in South America, I really want to do that. And then, you know, getting a bit bored. I mean, I know it's blase to say this, but this walk, I suddenly now, I'm thinking, right, I must walk, I need to walk, I want to walk more. When I flew back from Spain, I posted my newly acquired poles. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're, they're an extension of my arm now. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was another barrier. I was set off walking on the Camino early on. All these wussies with poles. <laughs> <laughs> and when I think back, I was, it was the whole judgmental thing. Yeah. And, and when, when I eventually tried some, I thought, these are interesting. And then I bought some reasonable ones in my second trip through Pamplona, my, my, the genuine one. And I thought, wow. And I really use them, and it, and it's I use them properly. You know, I kind of, I'm I'm used transferring half the energy up from my legs to using them on my arms and shoulders. You know, and it's, it's again, it's getting over that judgmental thing. Um, I forgot what your original question was. Well, no, I, 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 I asked you if you would get tired of travelling, and you answered the question. Oh. Yeah, you answered the question, but. I want to take it one step further. So if you won't get tired of traveling, um, uh-huh. does the Camino, are you going to go back? Oh, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. <laughs> in fact, this year, I mean, I've got, in a couple of weeks, I've got a month whilst camping around Iceland. And after that, I'm going to do another Camino. So, and I don't know what one yet, I'm throwing it, throwing a few ideas around. I'm not going to do the straight Francais again, that's for sure. Um, 
I might start somewhere else. I might start in Le Pie or Paris, or I even looked at Rome, or I might do the Portuguese from um, Capo de Vicenta. Um, I don't know, but I have to do, I have to do more Caminos. And I'm totally aware that I'm not trying to reproduce the feelings and sensations of the first one. You can never do that. We all, we all know you can't do that. You can't have an amazing holiday and then go back the next year. It just doesn't work. So, but it's because the whole thing was so special. It was just so special. It, and it, I will have to do more, yes, certainly. You know, here you find yourself at, well, you mentioned your age, I won't mention it again, but you've, you've, you've done a bit of travelling, both uh, spiritually, physically, and indeed over time. Um, and I uh -huh. want to ask you, um, and we haven't really talked much about what you did throughout your life before you became this, this traveller, but if you could whisper something into the ear of the 25-year-old Jane Farmer, what would it be? Okay. That was uh, totally unprepared. I would say something really simple. And it would be, just carry on with life as you are. That would, it, that would be it. That would be it. Just carry on with life as you are. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell her to do anything different. Wow. I mean, there have been, I've had amazing ups, amazing, really bad downs, and they're all part of the growth. They're all part of where I am now. And they must all be lived. I have no regrets at all. Um, and so I want that Jane Farmer to carry on and live that same life. That's fantastic. I think that's really, I think that's really important. I think yeah. when you, when you finally knock on the door, one thing is very important. I think, in my opinion, when you finally come to the end, you mustn't have any regrets. And I've done good things. I'm sure I've done bad things, and with the ups and downs. But it's all part of what makes you, you. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm, you know, all of those good, bad, negative, positive, those things in life. And I'm, I would just say, go with it. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> well, I hope you have many, many years of wandering and wondering to come. Thank you okay. so much for your time, Jane. It's been fantastic. <laughs> I've really, really enjoyed talking to you. There have been a couple of times, I have to say, I've wiped a little tear from my eye. And, <laughs> and, and you've been very open and, and sharing and, and very uh, honest and very caring. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Buen Camino. Buen Camino. Yes, certainly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Jane.
Jane Farmer there. Jane's website is janefarmer.com. And she's on Facebook, Jane's The Time Traveller. You can pick it. It's easy to find because the profile picture is the statue of St. James outside O Sobrero. That's all we have time for this week. The American writer and poet Gary Snyder said, Walking is the great adventure, the first meditation, a practice of heartiness and soul, primary to humankind. Walking is the exact balance between spirit and humility. Wasn't that a great interview? I really loved that chat. I'll be back next week with another guest, another podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. Thank you for your company and until next week, Gwen Camino. 